Hello, welcome back to Undressing the Issue. I'm Julia, I'm your host. And I wanted to take a few minutes and hop on here to talk about this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Uh, It's all over social media, it's on the news, it's kind of everywhere, and it's making headlines currently. So I know there are mixed opinions about who is in the right and who's in the wrong. And I think more importantly, what this trial sheds light on is domestic violence, intimate partner violence, which is a serious subject and it should be talked about, but I think it's sort of dangerous to set any kind of precedent where a person who comes out and says they are a victim is then questioned. There is a long, long history in the United States of hushing victims, of making them feel afraid to come forward and speak up, of not taking them seriously, of not doing enough to protect them. And that is my biggest worry in sort of observing this whole thing unfold, is that whichever way it goes, there is the potential for people to be influenced to think that a victim that came forward was not actually a victim and that we shouldn't always believe people when they claim to have been abused. That's dangerous. That's really, really dangerous. Now, as far as Johnny and Amber, well, I don't think either one of them is innocent. Let's face it. They're They both have big personalities. We'll start there. I think that's a nice way of saying it. But if you heard the testimony of the psychologist who evaluated and assessed Amber, the diagnosis that she came up with was borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. Now, if you know anything about these two diagnoses, We do know that borderline personality disorder can be associated with violent behaviors. Absolutely. There have been numerous infamous criminals and murderers who had a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. This is well known. Uh, Eileen Warnos, Jeffrey Dahmer... They both were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. However, there's also the histrionic component. So histrionic personality disorder is something that seems to be more and more mainstream these days. It's a need to be the center of attention, a need to be seen, a need to not be ignored, to be in the spotlight with uh, social media, television nowadays, 
that seems to be all celebrities want. You look at the Kim Kardashians and Kanye's of the world, and they will go to extreme lengths to ensure that they are in the spotlight, that people know about them, hear about them, that they are seen out and about. This is sort of a trademark (laughs) of histrionic personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder is... Usually it affects relationships, but anytime a person seems or feels or perceives that there is some type of rejection or abandonment happening, they will turn on this person and get very angry, very perturbed, very dysregulated. And again, the key phrase here is perception. It may not be actually what's happening. They may not be, uh, uh, the other person may not be rejecting them or abandoning them or anything of the sort. But if they start to feel like that's happening, they can turn on this person and become really combative. And so what you often see in relationships where one person may have borderline personality disorder is this hot and cold dynamic, this push and pull. One minute, the person loves you. They have never loved anyone more. They can't live without you. They're so grateful for you. And the next moment, they flip and they hate you. They want nothing to do with you. They're angry. They're hostile. And it's this back and forth and back and forth. Now, this is what Amber was diagnosed with. However, more recently, her own psychologist from her attorneys, they hired the psychologist, has said, actually, no, that's not the case. She has PTSD and she has panic disorder. So Amber's been vilified in this process that basically she's been portrayed as this woman who's just terrible and controlling and manipulative. But what about Johnny? So we know that Johnny likes to have a few cocktails, has had a colorful past with all sorts of substances. Now, is he, does he have a problem? Does he have an addiction? Does he suffer from alcoholism? I don't know. I can't say that. But what I do know is that When people drink regularly, habitually, when they're drinking, they're not emotionally present. And for a person that's in a relationship with them, whether it's a familial relationship or a romantic one, that can be really difficult to withstand. It's really hard to feel like this person that you care about or want to connect with is not present for you. So if this is something that Amber felt frequently in her relationship with Johnny, I think that it would be understandable that she would feel unhappy or that she would try to get his attention, get something from him to where she could feel more connected to him. So 
does having a couple of cocktails and not being very present make him abusive? No, not necessarily. But I don't think that a person has to have bruises and scars to have been abused. Emotional, psychological, mental, financial abuse is not something that leaves visible scars, but it's still abusive. And I think this is something that we have to keep in mind as we listen to this trial and watch it unfold is both Amber and Johnny may have been abusive towards one another in their relationship. Both of them may be victims. Both of them may be unhealthy. But I think rather than sensationalize the fact that one of them is uh this celebrity who's losing fame and losing work because of their reputation being tarnished. I think that that really overshadows a bigger point to all of this that we should be paying attention to, which is that domestic violence, intimate partner violence goes beyond just physical abuse that it is quite damaging and leaves a lasting impact on a person when they've been emotionally abused or psychologically abused to the point where the National Domestic Abuse uh, Association, the biggest one in the country, has actually expanded their definition of domestic violence to include psychological and emotional abuse. Because as we progress in our understanding of trauma, there's more and more data supporting the fact that it is equally as impactful and damaging to a person to be emotionally and psychologically abused as it is to be physically and sexually abused. So that's one thing. But the other point I want to get across here as well is that This trial is also shedding light on the fact that anyone can be a victim of intimate partner violence or domestic violence or abuse, not just women, not just children, not just people with disabilities, not just elderly, anyone, male, female, or otherwise, anybody can be abused. Anybody can be a victim. So, For that, yes, it is very brave of Johnny Depp to come forward and actually admit that he felt as though he was abused and he feels as though he is a victim and that he went through a difficult time and that it was a traumatic experience for him. This goes against what American culture socializes men to feel comfortable admitting. Traditionally, we teach our boys and our men that to be a man means stiff upper lip. You keep on plugging away. You keep your head down. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't feel sorry for yourself. And that if you do, you're weak and you are not masculine 
and that you're a sissy and all of this kind of terminology. Having emotions, being vulnerable is shamed. So bravo to Johnny for actually pushing through that and being honest about what he's been through and how he feels. I think that this could potentially be a huge step forward for the way that we normalize masculinity. In the meantime, I do see people taking sides. I do see people criticizing both Johnny and Amber. And I'll tell you that for me, that is, uh, well, bullshit. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you have to say. My takeaway from this is that it's about time. People who have a high profile are actually talking about a type of domestic violence that isn't just physical or sexual abuse. It does include that, but also emotional abuse, psychological abuse, because this is such a common problem. It is something that I see quite frequently in my work with my clients, and it's about time we started talking about it. Moral of the story is, just because you don't have visible bruises and scars doesn't mean you don't have a right to say that you've experienced trauma or that you were a victim of abuse. Not all types of abuse and trauma leave visible scars, but you still have the right to be heard and supported and to heal. So regardless of what the verdict is going to be in this case, honestly, I don't care. (laughs) I still think what's more important is the fact that this is starting a conversation that is long overdue. And for that, I'm grateful. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you next time.